Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Kayfabe Comparisons. My name is Mr. Know-It-All, Daniel John Schaefer, and I am joined, as always, by the crazy cast lush. Hey now, hey now, hey now, hey now. I'm doing great. Let's get into it. SummerSlam 88 versus SummerSlam 93. Yeah, man, the super-duper throwback here, the double nostalgia dose. Uh, We're throwing it back... uh, Super, super far with 88 and 93. So let's just go ahead and kick it right off and jump into the oldest show on the block here. But before we do that, you know what? Before we do that, let's talk about our last show, okay? We talked, we did In Your House Mind Games versus Heat Wave. And I got to tell you, I got some pretty positive feedback from that one. What did you think about In Your House versus Heat Wave? I thought it was fantastic. Like you said at the end of it, we, you know, it wasn't as feisty. As it wasn't the, as spicy. As the show before, but it was still a great show. Yeah, it was some good content. It's cool to cover those ECW shows, um, you know, because we don't get to do it a whole lot. But yeah, let's just, all right, you're right. Let's go ahead and get right into it. Enough wasting time. Let's give the people what they want. Let's wrap up this SummerSlam season. Uh, 1988, man. There was an open, uh, epic, like, Top Gun open here. This, like, the, the whole opening package was super, super 80s. Uh, always good hearing Gorilla's voice, man. Um, quality content, um, definitely never covered a show with Billy Graham on commentary before. So that's, that kind of made it a little interesting here too. Uh, what did you think about that, that opening package for 1988? Yeah, man, I loved that classing open, opening everything from the, you know, the graphics, the, that, that, the very, very, very beginning. I love that old WWF stuff there. Uh, then right away you hear Gorilla Monsoon. I love that. Uh, Billy Graham. Like you said, that was weird, but I love that it's Madison Square Garden. This is the height of Hulk Hogan. Hulkamania is running wild at this point. You see it in the crowd. This is a a fun time to watch. Um, This is probably one of the funnest parts of the whole pay-per-view is this opening. Um, Yeah, so this is a very important pay-per-view too, um, and we'll get to all that with uh, famous stories that are about to unfold, and this is the beginning of some stories and some uh, pivotal moments, points for storyline that everyone still talks about today is in this pay-per-view, and uh, a great opening, great classic, short, gets to the point, there's no crazy stuff, and it goes right into the Rougeau brothers versus the legendary British Bulldogs, Davy Boy Smith, and the Dynamite Kid. Um, and both of them looked fantastic. I'll just jump right into this. Davy Boy was bulked up. He looked so bulky and muscular, but just way more bulky than um, you're used to seeing him if you're used to seeing him in the 90s and stuff. Um, he was jacked to the gills, dude. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they seem to be very over the Bulldogs. There were a lot more. I mean, uh, the the Rougeos were doing this heel thing and and trying to kind of reinvent themselves from the earlier '80s version of the of themselves, and just they just were not. The crowd didn't care. The honestly, from what I've seen of them, the crowd never really cared about that tag team. No offense, but the Bulldogs were surprisingly. Uh, very. I'm not saying I know the Bulldogs are an over tag team, but the crowd was really into them uh, in Madison Square Garden. And this is, you know, this is WWF's home turf. Uh, so baby faces are going to be over, uh, and you can really see it here. Um, yeah, I, I love the matching gear. I love this. Bull- the Bulldogs did a great job of changing up their gear, like matching it and everything. Yeah. And I love just, I love the way they did it with. Uh, 
the pants being, I think they were all white, you know, then I, I don't know. It all matches. And then same with the Rougeos. And I know you, you really like that as well. Um, both teams yeah. were matching and looked just, they looked, looked fantastic. Like teams. They looked yeah. Like teams. And they, but yeah. they were good matching. They weren't just matching. Yeah. Those, they had good, good outfits, good gear yeah. on. Um, it, it was a slow paced classic tag match. I mean, when I say that, you know, the, it was uh, the heels were, you know, doing the heel stuff that they do in a tag match or the referee not looking, but it's yeah. very, very, very slow paced. Um, and you can almost guess what was going to happen. It was so kind of classic in that way where it was very, just a cookie cutter eighties WWF tag team match. Um, nothing was going to steal the show um, in this match. You know, they weren't even out there to steal the show. Um, yeah. I did notice right away, not a fan of Billy Graham. I know I'm probably cutting to everything you were going to say, but that's okay. <laughs> um, if there's anything else you can add, that's okay at the end. Uh, Billy Graham, though, I'm not a fan of him on commentary. He did get a little better towards the end of the show, um, and especially when they had, uh, especially when they had uh, the brain join them for a little while. Uh, but I did not like it. Gorilla is a 10 out of 10. I love Gorilla Monsoon on commentary. Um, but yeah, this match again, a lot of the moves that were holding, you know, laying on the mat, holding moves, uh, just one of those 80, these types of shows back in, they were trying to fill up the card to say how many matches they had and some having a long match was like a good thing, but man, uh, then it was ruled a draw. So it was very stupid to waste all that time. They went 20 minutes. Uh, they had a 20-minute match, and then it was a draw. So was, and I know I always talk about length, but whether you agree with me complaining about lengths of matches, to go 20 minutes and then a draw for no good reason uh, was was very stupid to me. So because of that, I I, I gave it a D, a D plus, because uh, the Bulldogs did look great, the Rougeos were great, but uh, the match kind of sucked. A D for a draw, let's say that. It was D for the draw that it had at the end. I did not like it. What did you think of this match? Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, there's legit heat between these two teams too. Like that's kind of pretty well known that they like uh, dynamite True. and uh, the Rujos did not I, get along. I couldn't remember if that happened. The, the whole uh, fight thingy was before or after. I want to say it was before. Maybe? No, I want to say it, it was before, yeah, before this, before this, yeah. 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 I think it was before. Well, they didn't act. I mean, they were very professional. I didn't see. Yeah, them. yeah. I mean, and the crowd was I super hot. Was the match too, like uh, the crowd was super hot here. Um, but some of the holds were just ridiculously unbelievable. Like I noticed that like we're going so far back that it's like starting to really, uh, the suspension of disbelief was significantly higher then. Yeah. So like, um, you know, there's like toe holds where the guys just like standing there holding his foot. And it's like, what's happening? Like, what? You know what I mean? Like, it just. Yeah, I don't know. but that's the times. I don't. Yeah, yeah sure, but, sure. I get that, but it's like, it's hard. It's hard. It's hard. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, I, of course, yeah. I try to judge it based on the time. But it's hard not to when you see that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's it's amazing the com- like the visual comparison that Dynamite Kid is to Benoit though. Like the way they yeah. moved, the way they threw punches, the way they kicked, the way they threw the suplex. Everything looked so similar. Uh, but yeah, I thought it was way too long. Um, and I thought it was a lot of cheese. I didn't really like it at all. Uh, the high, high spots in the match weren't bad. It was just really slow. Uh, and the finishing sequence was good, but it ended with a time limit and that kind of sucks. Um, yeah. So yeah, I gave it about the same grade. I gave it one and a half stars. So like a D to a, maybe a D plus. Um, but yeah, let's move on over to the 1993 show. We were in 
the heart of the new generation time here. Oh, Lex Express, um, baby. Yeah, man. So a uh, super new generation-ish uh, opening package with Mean Gene voiceover. Uh, it was awesome to see. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, hearing Vince McMahon kind of like kick us off on commentary and seeing a healthy Bobby Heenan is always good. Uh, what did you think about the 1993 open? I love it. I love it. It was a new generation, the very beginning of new generation. But yeah, that over the top, that was my main note was the over the top Vince McMahon. We welcome all you live. Oh yeah. And the outskirts of Detroit. I mean, it was just so good. That's yeah, what I love. So over the I top. Love so it. hype. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is it, man. Well, let's jump right into this it. first match, buddy. It's a, it's a million dollar man, Ted DiBiase versus Razor Ramon. Yeah. And, uh, man, it was a hot start with the Million Dollar Man getting the upper hand. Uh, uh, such a young razor there. Like, it was nice to see. Uh, they kind of kept – the, mat, the match wasn't very long. They kind of kept it uh, a yeah. nice, upbeat opener. Um, I, I just really loved Razor at this point, too. He was one of my favorites, for sure. Um, it, it, it was great because, like, it was on the verge of getting too long, and then they went home. It was like they could feel it. They were reading the crowd, and they were like, all right, let's just wrap this up. We've done some cool stuff. Let's just wrap this thing up. Uh, you know, you saw a solid Razor's Edge, which is one of my oh. favorite finishes. Uh, it's, and it's like it's so hard to see it because he never actually pulled it off like most of the time. But uh, it's cool to see like him get his solid finish in. Uh, I gave this match two and a half stars. What did you think about Razor Ramon versus uh, the Million Dollar Man? Yeah, I'll start at the bottom of my notes just to keep going off what you said, man. The Razor's Edge, one of the best moves ever. I mean, I used to, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. I, I love doing it on WWE Raw or Royal Rumble on the Super Nintendo. I used to love. I, I would just do a two-player game and not have anybody on the two-player on the on number two, just so yeah. I can like do the on, on 16-bit, just do the yeah. Razor's Edge. I love it. And this one was so good, man. He had him up there. He was kind of rocking up on dudes because yeah. you kind of throw the guy up on your back, on your shoulders, and they're rocking. Yeah. I mean, dude, it was fantastic. That move. I'm glad nobody does it, but then again, it's like, man, somebody should do it, but it's got to be the right person. I'm glad nobody's doing it. I mean in the big leagues doing it yeah. that, I, that I've ever noticed. But yeah, man, I love Razor. I love his gears. Matching purple gear was looking bright, oh, colorful. Beautiful. It was very amazing. 90s. Very 90s. Yes, very great. This is prime Razor Ramon in this point right here in 93. This is this is my childhood. Razor Ramon, his music, his look, his character, everything. He's, uh, he's the best. I put top five finishers of all time. I love the short match. Um, I thought this was everything I like in an opener match. They kept it short. They kept it sweet. I didn't think it was even feeling too long. I mean, I thought it was a great, it was a great overall match. I gave it a B. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, man. Thoroughly enjoyed yeah. It. So I think, I think that, uh, you know, one match deep on both shows, we're definitely yeah. giving the nod to 1993, but let's go ahead and jump all the way back again to 1988. And, uh, there, was, there was a quick spot at the end of that uh, Bulldogs Rujo's match to kind of keep both teams' storyline kind of going, and they like mm-hmm. got cheap shots in, and they both kind of rushed to the back. And I thought that was really kind of well done, especially for like a live crowd in that era. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like they go to the time limit, they have this little scuffle, and then they you know chase to the back, and boom, you can just keep the show moving. But it didn't keep moving. What the yeah. hell was that censored throwback flashback? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's man. what I'm getting to. Then they had, okay. right. then they had the Brutus storyline package here with Ron Bass. Like, uh, man, this is when kayfabe was alive. They were trying so hard to make it like mysterious, but it was bad. Yeah, this whole oh, promo man. was really bad. Uh, again, though, 
more like I tried to put myself in the time and I was like, okay, I guess, you know, you couldn't really put this kind of stuff on TV back then. Like, I understand wow, that. No, but, but then I was like, wait, they're on pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, they're on pay-per-view right now. Now is the time. Like, they should have sold this censored footage on TV and then, like, on SummerSlam, show, like, reshow the actual footage with, like, you know, the color yeah, and everything where else. Do you go, where do you go right. from here? It's right, like, it was exactly, like, yeah. I just kept thinking, how does somebody on the higher-ups, obviously it's Vince, because we all know Vince is so cheesy and all of that, but Not how, do you watch, how do you watch that and be like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff? It was like, that was very oh, like, bad. man, somebody's out of touch. Bad, Somebody bad. was very out of touch at this point. That was bad. bad, bad, bad. That was very bad, but yeah, then it's and then it's bad news Brown versus Kim Patero, which I believe everybody came to see this match, right? I mean, this I know that what, I I would have bought this as a four-year-old child just to bruh. see Richard Simmons, uh, bodybuilder right. Richard Simmons wrestle bodybuilder. bad news. Brown. Wow, man, uh, I'm gonna be honest, I was not looking forward to this match. This was. Uh, and honestly, it was hard to pay attention to. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. This match, it went, it went, I don't even know how long the match is. I'd like to know because it felt <laughs> too long. It was boring. It was nothing special. Of course it felt too long. It was two guys that nobody cared about. Then, now, back, any, I don't know who, yeah. I, I gave it a D for dumb because why is this? Wow. I don't know. Dumb. Yeah. See, for sucked. me, man, I thought that this was much worse than the tag team match that we saw before it. I thought that this is one of the worst matches I've literally ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I honestly thought this is one of the worst things. Oh man. Uh, I mean, I mean, least... I wrote like, I wrote like, oh no, I fear I've made a terrible mistake. Like that's <laughs> what I actually wrote down. Like when we were, when we were you picked the show. 88. I know. I was like, this is the one that I picked. Uh, and it was just so much cheese, and the crowd was totally dead too. And generally, the crowds were like way hot at this time. I mean, they were hot for yeah. some terrible matches. They were right. really hot for, but I mean. This it match, will surprise you with how hype they get. There was no hype. God, it was just so bad. It was like an actual embarrassment to the profession. They teased a full Nelson for crying out loud, dude. They teased <laughs> a full Nelson, and it was literally painful oh, to watch. The closing sequence was just so, like, botches left and right. Uh, the crowd started booing finally. You know how hard it was to get a 1988 WWF crowd at a pay-per-view to boo yeah. you? Like, they should be proud of that, actually. Dude, That's terribly clunky. A kick to the back of the head. A terrible, terrible kick to the back of the head by Bad News gets the win. Yeah. I gave this match negative two stars. Negative Again, two. like, when I give something a negative star, that means that, like, if people that don't watch wrestling watch this, they'll never watch wrestling. Like, oh, that's yeah. get negative stars. So, like, yeah, yeah. this match is one of those. I was absolutely disgusted with it. Um, Yeah. And that being said... Yeah. That being said, let's jump back over to uh, 1993. Mm. And man, this cheese is still alive here, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, yeah. Little, more money. It was a little nacho cheese. Uh, but, oh, yeah. But, yeah, man, the Steiner's mom is at ringside, and it was a really weird interview because she was like, yeah, I guess, whatever you say. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch <laughs> my kids. Like, I don't oh, know. my goodness gracious. It was terrible. Um, I mean, Cornette kind of cutting them off and introducing the Heavenly Bodies was great, though. Um and yeah, man, I, I just want to talk about this match real quick, okay? All right, go ahead. This heavenly, heavenly Bodies versus the Steiner Brothers. And Dr. Tom this is, Pritchard. Yeah, yeah, man. And, and uh, shoot, what's his name? 
What's the guy's name? Well, well, yeah. What? Oh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Delray. Jimmy Delray. Yes, Delray, yeah. Jimmy Delray. Right. Wow, oh, I can't believe I got that one. But yeah, I mean, so, dude. Okay, first of all, all right, I'm just gonna cover it from the top. So th- th- it started off like pretty, some pretty hot brawling. Um, some really cool double team spots in the open too before it kind of settled down into the bulk of the match. And the match was really, really good. The Steiners were like fresh at this point, you know what I mean? Like they had like young legs under them. They weren't clunky, like they were moving um, at a, at a, a steady pace. Um, and and dude, and for 1993 overall, both these teams were killing it. I really felt like after watching this match, the Heavenly Bodies were a great team, and they should have gotten a much longer run. Uh, and possibly even a tag title run uh, in the WWF, especially around this time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Steiners went over after a really cool Frankensteiner. I mean, seeing somebody that roided up and just jumping up and snatching somebody with his legs and doing a Frankensteiner is, is pretty oh, cool. God. Uh, I mean, I really enjoyed the match, man. I gave it three stars. I loved both teams. Uh, this is, I think this is one of my favorite matches from both shows uh, was, was on this show. So, so yeah, man, I gave, I gave it three stars. I gave it a solid B. Uh, what did you think about the Heavenly Bodies versus the Steiners? Uh, man, <laughs> I thought right away, nobody thought that the Heavenly Bodies were going to beat the Steiners. Come on, man. It was like... But they were good, is what I'm saying. They were good. They were good, but it's like, I don't know. It was a good match. Yeah, I I just, I guess, yeah, you're right. Um, I did like how, uh, you know, like like the IC title back then, I felt like there was a lot more prestige in having the tag titles, it felt like, with commentary and the wrestlers themselves. Um, but, man, this was uh, – the Steiners were one of the best tag teams, man. That Frankensteiner just was killing it. I loved it. It was, there was There was a lot of back and forth, um, a lot of tags. You know, they kept coming in and out. Um Man, it wasn't a slow, boring tag match like you'll see in the in the 80s, you know, in the 88 matches that we just saw. The tag matches that they had were uh, like the bull, you know, I hate to say it, but that Bulldogs match, you know, it wasn't like that. They really, you could tell this was 93. It was a faster pace. And it was also because of how good uh, Pritchard and uh, Del Rey were because they were doing these in and out tag matches. Yeah. In and out tags and coming in and out. And they made it, uh, they made the match not slow and boring. Yeah. Um, Del Rey did a super kick. Um, a beautiful uh, super kick, yeah. by the way. Yeah, it was almost like pre, watching... This pre-sweet chain yeah. music, too. I was about to yeah. say, it was, it was like watching WWE Today. That's what I wrote. Yeah. It was it, so yeah, funny. Yeah, dude, because, like that team, I know, like the Heavenly yeah. Bodies really impressed me. I was like, dude, this team could re- could be working right now, like today. Yeah. Like this same style, they could do all it right way, now. All the way up to the super kick. It's so funny, and that's what I, that's what I wrote. It was, like, it was like WWE Today. Like he throws that super kick. Just uh, funny because if you watch wrestling today, we all know it's they're throwing that all the time. Um, man, I don't know what my notes are even saying, so I'm just gonna have to keep going. Frankensteiner by Scott, not too long, man. I gave it a C, I gave it a C plus to a B, so yeah. right around the same area as you. I thought it was great, especially coming off of the '88 slow paced era. I thought they did a great tag match, and then. Um, if you don't mind, I'll go. Shawn Michaels had an interview right after this yeah, match. Yeah, yeah. And since I'm the Shawn guy, I think yeah, we're both the Shawn guy. I won't take that away from you. You love Shawn too. I do. But, I do. Uh, man, so Joe Fowler was uh, the interviewer guy. I guess I don't know what they. Who is he from? Because he killed it the whole night, dude. That yeah, Joe I know. Fowler and interview? I was like, dude, he's great. Dude, I don't remember him at yeah. all. Like he wasn't was he on for any the WWE. Other shows? 
No, so there's like a quick moment where they say where he's from, and I didn't write it down. He's from like another thing. He's not from the WWF. He has another job somewhere as an interviewer, and I don't think it was like it wasn't baseball like or football. There or something? I don't know. So it was like because they did that a lot in the 90s, and especially yeah. back in in like 94, 95. So 93, they probably – this is probably like one of the first times they were doing it. They did it a yeah. lot more like – and WrestleMania at 95, WrestleMania 11, you know, they had uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. They were – but um, other than that, they had uh, – they always did, you know – and they always did it at WrestleMania. I know that, but um, what am I saying? I don't know. But this guy definitely wasn't from the WWF. Yeah. Uh, but I thought he was incredible, dude. He yeah, like I thought he was great, fantastic. It was, I agree. it was way better than those WrestleMania ones because the WrestleMania he had personality. Ones, he made it yeah. like he was like it was like he wasn't just like asking questions and being like an yeah. interviewer. He was like it was like an actual like conversation. Well, he, and yeah, he, like you could tell he read up on it. The WrestleMania he was like ones hosting an interview. It wasn't like you know what I mean. Like he was hosting yeah. the interview. Exactly. It wasn't just like a, it, like him just asking some questions and back at you events. Like he was like oh. a personality. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was like, yeah. man, I wish this guy was around. I agree. I think, and I honestly feel like he helped Sean in the promo. Like he was asking the right questions at the right times. Like I was like, man, this guy's built for pro wrestling. Like where was well, he? Like. I don't think it's just pro wrestling. I think he was built for – I think he was a true professional at interviewing, yeah. and yeah. he actually did his research beforehand, yeah, took notes, definitely. and memor- and memorized what storylines were. And it, it was way better than one of those WrestleMania ones where they just have a random famous woman model or actress or a famous a male actor um, who don't know anything about the sport uh, or the professional wrestling, don't know anything about the storylines, and you can – see that with their questions you could see yeah. that how they're asking they yeah. don't give they don't care what the sean's gonna say but in this fact in this way he actually wanted to hear what sean was going to say like he wanted yeah. to hear it because he yeah, wanted yeah. to take that mental note down to ask <laughs> yeah. questions later and he was doing that all throughout the show and he did a fantastic job um and i was i was very impressed by him Dude, um, yeah i mean speaking of great promos though we yeah. gotta jump back over to the 1980s side and right before the uh the third match here on this card um well, first of all, let's just go ahead and say that, like, I, I do feel like the 1993 show is, is still winning two matches in. I feel yes, like we're, we're definitely both still uh, on that side. So, yeah, but, but before just before we cover that promo. But, yeah, we're in the back with uh, with the Mega Powers uh, and Mean Gene, of course, is, is, is hosting. And, dude, I mean, you got Hogan and Savage cutting a promo in 1988. Mm. Can you ask for anything more entertaining, honestly? Like, Mega I mean, it, it was fantastic. <laughs> it was easily the best. Like, honestly, that promo was the best thing on the show since it started. And we're yeah. right we're about to do the third match on the card. But the third match was a little bit better. Not great, but a little bit better. Uh, it was Rick Rude with Bobby Heenan versus the Junkyard Dog. Um, and this is how to get over in this era, man. Uh just lean on the gimmick. You know what I mean? Like lean. If if everything is presented gimmick heavy, then lean on that gimmick. I mean, and make it all fluid. Make it all make sense. If I'm going to suspend disbelief, if your presentation is bright colors and wacky, then be wacky. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, that, that to me makes sense. And I feel like these guys were kind of booked well together. Uh, I mean, the junkyard dog is clearly past his prime, but he did sell really well. Uh, he didn't just breathe heavily during rest spots. He sold his facial expressions and, and those kind of like little things that you can do to 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 just be better. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, and these, these, I mean, it's Rick Rude and Junkyard Dog. They're two Hall of Famers, so that you know they had a they had a pretty solid match. Um, and then you know Rude gets on the top rope and pulls down the tights and and shows uh, Jake Jake Roberts' wife 
And so, of course, Jake mm. Roberts. I mean, that's just such great WWF Gaga booking. Um, so, yeah, the match, was it at Wrestling Clinic? No, of course it wasn't. But, I mean, to, to get the DQ, to get Jake the Snake out there, to further that storyline, I enjoyed the movement of this match. So I gave it two and a half stars. What did you think? I mean, I said that would be like, what, like a C, C plus? Yeah, I'm right there with you with the C plus, dude. It was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't some five star you know, wrestling clinic, but it was wrestling. It was sports entertainment. Yeah. It was, yes. it, was it was wrestling great entertainment. Great sports entertainment. It yeah. was great. It was a great match. It was too, I mean, and what do you, I don't expect anything less than, like you said, it's Junkyard Dog, Ravishing Rick Rude. I mean, yeah. it, it was amazing. Bobby Heenan was doing some great stuff on the outside, as always. Uh, it was fantastic. Uh, so I, I agree. I can't say. Yeah. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, like, it. You hit it on all, all three people got over more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Junkyard yeah, Dog yeah. got over more. Everybody benefited from the from the angle. So that's, I mean, that's what good booking is. Yeah. But yeah, man, let's, let's go ahead and jump back over to 1993, and I'll let you take the reins on uh, – this one, it's this is your favorite era, your favorite guy. Yeah. You picked the show, so it's Shawn Michaels versus Mr. Perfect, the Intercontinental Championship. Take it away, KG Cass. Here we go. It is the Intercontinental Championship match. Um, yeah, man, hidden gem, I would say. Uh, not a lot of people talk about this match. Um, and it's two of the greats. It's Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect. And the last show we saw was Shawn Michaels that in your house whenever he was wrestling Mick Foley. There's a fun spot where Shawn wins the match and he's walking around the ring. And Mick Foley, or not Mick Foley, Mr. Perfect is on commentary. And you can see Shawn pointing to uh, Perfect because he's shaking Vince's hand. He's shaking whoever else is on commentary and he shakes Perfect hand points to perfect and he points to the ring and he says come on man come back let's go one more round a little thing you see there well, well they did it they did it years before and they proved that they were um that i wish they would have been able to do it again when sean was when uh sean was in his prime in that in your house era that that he did that with perfect where he you know kind of challenged him and i wish perfect would have uh came back but I'm, I'm sure he was dealing with that health stuff but um, I would call this a hidden gem because not a lot of people talk about this match. Uh, both men were perfect in my book. Um, I- I'll say it again. I say it all the time, kind of like that tag titles. This is the IC title meant something. And I really think it meant something because of the commentary as well as the re- referees or referees, wrestlers. Um, and uh, another weird thing about this match, which I didn't really think about till like halfway through. I don't know if you ever you really caught this. Uh, and maybe you did, but this was kind of a heel versus heel match. Yeah. I mean, Perfect wasn't the big baby face. Like he he kind of became a baby face at one point, but at this point, Perfect's not a baby face. And Sean is definitely like chicken shit heel at this point. So this was yeah. a heel versus heel match. With Diesel and too, yeah. With Diesel, it was uh, but they did it in such a good way. Some people can find that hard to do. Um, this was baby fat mullet Sean all the way, dude. Sean. Mm-hmm was so bulked up and not in a good mm-hmm. way. Puffy. This yeah. dude was puffy, man. Was puffy, I mean, yeah. there's some shots of him in the AWA, even younger, and he is not this big. And you'll yeah. hear him talk about this time in his books and his documentaries where he's matching Diesel meal for meal. So if you ever hear Sean say, I was matching Diesel meal for meal, egg yolks, egg yolks, beer for beer, and I got bulked up. This is go watch this match. This is what yeah. he's talking about. Yeah. Boy's heavy. I mean, he's your he's boy the, was heavy. He is he's very heavy in this Dense. one. Too too fat. 
Honestly, I'm going to say, I mean, he was too fat. He was, he was, didn't look good, yeah. I, I couldn't get over through this match how fat he was, but it didn't slow him down. He still carried it. And this was like, this was a match that, that like, so they do a perfect suplex or a perfect plex. Um, but Diesel pulls, uh, pulls perfect off. Uh, Sean wins by a count out. And it was like, uh, for a moment, I was like, man, this is two weeks in a row we're getting Sean winning. With the way or the the end of the Foley match was a DQ and then this one was a countout, so I was a little I was kind of bummed out because I was like I'm trying to get these Sean matches in and it's like we can't ever get a Sean super kick for the win, uh, so that kind of sucked. I didn't realize that that's how this match uh, ended, but uh, I would have liked it a, a little better if it if it ended differently. But I understand you know they're trying to build Sean, but they don't want Perfect to look a week. Right. I get all that. Um, I actually gave the match an A all around though. I thought it was it was an A. Wow. Yeah, I I I was intrigued the whole time and into it at, at from point A to point B. I never got off of it. I mean, maybe more of a B plus, but I I, I mean it's B plus A area to me. It's Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect, and they delivered even with Shawn being too fat. I mean, Shawn was way too fat, and I couldn't get over that. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I I the the countout kind of sucked. So maybe that takes a little bit away from it, but what did you? So you didn't like Shawn Michaels, Mr. Perfect, is what I gather from your it's reaction. It's not even. It wasn't even like. It's not. Okay, so for me, there was like a little hiccup in the beginning, and they covered it up really well. Like so well that it was like negative. What was that? Like there was like a bulldog. It was supposed to be like a clothesline or a bulldog. It was like this this weird like chain wrestling in the open, and they like kind of took this weird strange bump. But they both guys sold it well and. You know, recovered from it well. It was they, they meant to do it. It was it's yeah, Mr. Yeah, Perfect. That, he can't mess that, up. Yeah, that all was fine. And, and I mean, the selling was great. I mean, you have two <laughs> of the best sellers of all time. All right. But I felt like there was just like there was a spot where like you know, Sean, I, Sean got thrown into Earl, and Earl just like rolled through it. And I was like, wait, this doesn't make like he totally should have sold that ref bump. Like it made no sense. Like he just got hit by a wrestler. Yeah. He in any other in any doesn't other make sense for every bumped. other match. Yeah. Right, right, right. And then and then later on he took a ref bump, and I was oh, like, oh, man. that's why. So and that really took me out of it. Yeah. And it it was just like it was it was th- like the performance from the wrestlers was good, but I felt like the shots weren't like that awesome. Uh, I liked, there was a bunch of pins and stuff. I liked that. I didn't. I mean, I liked. There was like a, a moment there towards the end where they were. They it was towards the end of this kind of longer match, and it was faster. They went really fast, and they were there were a bunch of pins. It was a bunch of pin after pin. Um, it was a point where I was like, oh man, this is really good. Now this is a match, is what I was thinking. Like yeah. uh, you didn't get all that. For, I mean, I, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, like I for- liked that part. For for me, I'm I'm talking about the actual sh- like the camera angles and stuff no, like no. that. No, no, I was going on something else. I'm sorry, but I just no, saw no, a note no, that okay. I didn't talk about. Yeah, I saw a note yeah, I didn't yeah, talk yeah. about, and I was like, oh shoot, I liked that. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah. No, but, I, no mean, I get what you're saying with the shots. I I mean I didn't notice that, but I'm sure you're it right. It was just a really weird finish, and I really yeah. didn't like the DQ, and then the ref bump yeah. thing took me out of it. So I g- I mean I gave it three stars. I gave it a B, but right. like I mean well, I guess it was I still a count out. Stars. Not a DQ. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Count out, and then and then, but and then Diesel comes in and throws like a wicked right hand that looked massive. Um, but yeah, man, let's jump back over to 1988. Then just keep this ball. What did you rate? Which what do you rate that? I gave it three stars. Oh okay. So All I right. gave it like a B, you know. That's good. Yeah, That's it's not, I mean it wasn't bad. Uh, yeah, let's jump back over to 1988. No, you hated it. You hated it. You hated the strongman. 
I mean, I will say that I mean three, yeah, like, three for three for three is nine nineteen ninety three right now. Three yes. for three. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. still nineteen ninety three. Uh but yeah, so in nineteen ninety eight here we have Mean Gene interviewing the honky tonk man uh with Jimmy Hart, uh hyping up the surprise opponent for the IC title. I always have loved that idea. I love open challenge ideas. They always mm-hmm. pop me. I love surprises. It's always a good thing in pro wrestling to me. Um, and the booking on the show has been good, even though some of the rest, a lot of the wrestling hasn't. Uh, actually, most of the wrestling, I should say, hasn't really been good on the show. But um, the booking has been pretty, pretty solid. Um, so let's just let's just see how this goes. We had the Bolsheviks versus the Powers of Pain, uh, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov. Uh, against Warlord and the Barbarian. Uh, it was very high intensity and high impact from the jump. Uh, these two teams matched up pretty well, uh, and it got kind of clunky towards the middle of the match. You could tell that both teams were kind of getting a little gassed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it just got slower and slower and slower. Um, and then Warlord finally hit Boris with a running power slam, and Barbarian hit a flying headbutt from the top for the win. Um, so, it, I mean, it wasn't too long. It was pretty short and sweet. But it was like they started off hot, and you could see everything dwindle down. And then there was a big finish, uh, and that was it. I gave it one and a half stars. I feel like it accomplished the goal that they were trying to accomplish here. Um, it was short enough to where they, it, it hid most of the weaknesses that you generally see in big man matches like this. Uh, so I appreciated that. So, yeah, I gave it like one and a half stars, which I guess would be like a D plus to a C minus. Uh, what did you yep. think about the Bolsheviks versus the Powers of Pain here? Man, you uh, you took it away there. I gave it I gave it a C minus. Pretty much said everything you said. It was short. It was sweet. Um, it got the job done. And you know because it was short and sweet and how they did it, well, they didn't make the Bolsheviks uh, look bad in the right. end. You know right. it was that everybody kind of came out looking okay, even though yeah. uh, the Powers of Pain won. So I think because of that, they got the job done. That's why I'm not gonna give it anything less than a C minus. But you know, the reason I give it a C minus because I know if they went three more minutes longer, you're going to start to see a lot of the flaws that these people have and see how bad this match could really be. So they did a good job of saying, hey, let's not even do that. Let's cut it short. Everybody looks good. Win win at the end. C minus. Thank you for not putting us through hell. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Where, where are yeah, we at next? no, I agree. All right. Yeah. So let's jump back over to 1993. Um, and we have a promo from the one, two, three kid. Oh man. No eyebrows. Uh, Wow. It was, uh, it was really timid and really strange, like really strange. That's kid. Um, yeah, I know, but, um, I don't know. You know who saved him though? That guy, the interviewer was killed. Yeah. Oh yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. He He, killed it in that interview. He was, he was like a little nervous was though. Is that like, I feel like kid was just bombing the whole thing and yeah. when they switch back to the ring you could like hear the tail end of like the irs promo that he's cutting on the local crowd that we're not supposed to hear he's just trying to rile them up i'm sure he's using like some cheap heat about how like all you people and wherever they were don't pay your taxes or whatever you know michigan like, somewhere in michigan yeah. it was right outside of detroit yeah uh, yeah but yeah i mean i love kid at the time dude i love i mean i grew up as and still oh. am a really skinny guy and I definitely, so I naturally just kind of gravitated towards that character. Uh, but, yeah. I, you know, I'll, I'll let you kind of give your thoughts here, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that I thought this match was pretty much crap. Um, yeah. What yeah. do you think well, about it? Yeah, then you'll probably agree with most of what I'm going to say. Uh, the beginning of what my notes were were just about the 123 kid. And I think I've actually said this before. 
Um, so I won't say it again after this time. I just couldn't remember. I was a really, really big one, two, three kid fan. Um, I know we call me the cagey cast lush, but I always was cast the kid lush. And a little bit of that was because of the one, two, three kid, also the heartbreak kid. And then also Ken Griffey Jr. I actually got the nickname in baseball. I played baseball for like 12 years and Ken Griffey Jr., um, was his dad played and him and his dad actually played for the, at the same time. So his nickname was the kid to get to tell them apart. So they'd call him the kid. And one of my coaches called me the kid and I, th- I'm a wrestling Mark and I didn't watch baseball. So I'm thinking he's calling me the one, two, three kid, baby. You know what uh-huh. I'm talking about? So, and then I go home and I'm like telling my br- older brothers who are really big into sports and they also are really big into professional wrestling at the time. And they were like, no, and I still remember this. I was like five years old. I mean, this is like coach pitch. Dude, yeah. my coach called me the kid because I was really fast. I was really small, really fast. He called me the kid. And so I'm thinking he's calling me the one, two, three kid. And no, my brothers are like, no, you idiot. He's calling you like King Ruby Jr., which is also awesome. But no, I wanted to be the kid. So um, I didn't believe my brothers. I was like, no, he's calling me the one, two, three kid. So I'm going with that. So one, two, three kid. Holds a place in my heart, but man, uh, did they crap the bed here, man? Um, Bobby said, uh, uh, Bobby, Bobby Heenan's on commentary. He said something about uh, times have been out. This is the first time he's been out since eight o'clock. I just thought that was hilarious. (laughs) Just ripping, ripping on the kid, and he did that a bunch on Monday Night Raw, the that first year of Monday Night Raw. Um, and that was just another funny line. This is the first time he's, he's been out since, uh, eight o'clock, uh, kid looked good. Um, he just, he had very impressive moves. He would jump up really high and do these back spinning kicks and everything like that. And he had that here, everything that made us love the kid and the kids had some great B plus, I'm sure a matches at this time. And you saw that with them, but it was with and, like other main event talents. Like he had right, great matches with Razor. Right. He had great matches with Brett. Um, yes, yeah, man. Um, but I don't know. I don't want to put it on IRS because I've seen a lot of good from IRS. But also, man, I and I will say as a kid, you know, I say all that. I was also as a kid, I was really scared that IRS was going to take my taxes. I was really worried. I always would tell my dad, make sure you do my taxes this month, this year, dad. I don't know. I didn't give it. I didn't even know what that meant. Um, kid didn't win by um, kid didn't win by moonsault. I don't know what that was about. That should have happened. IRS wins by a clothesline. Which was that his finisher? I don't. I mean, because kid does, kid does a moonsault, and I'm thinking he's gonna win. And then I don't IRS, remember the IRS ever winning matches. So and he wins by a clothesline, yeah, and it's like it not a bad. good one. It's not like a lariat. It it's was not awesome. like some. It was bad. It was like the whole a, match was not good. He came off like his back foot a little bit and gets a clothesline. Yeah. Um. The best thing about it was it was short, and I didn't have to sit through like a long match, and I hate long matches, as everybody knows. But what are they building for? Like you said, IRS, like what? What are they? What are they gonna make him champ? Like was this? Yeah. What, what was the reasoning to put IRS over? One, two, three, kid had so much more potential, especially with his character and what they were planning on doing for him after, and what he already yeah. had accomplished. It was like that's why I say one, two, three, kid didn't win by a moonsault. He hit a moonsault. IRS pops up and wins by a clothesline. Kid had way more potential at this point. No, I, no, no offense, Irwin R. Shyster, but it just seemed like what was the point? They're not. Irwin's not going to be the freaking champ after. I, I thought yeah. that was very stupid. I gave the match a D. Probably, I mean, 
I mean, no, it can't. I'm not going to give it less than a D. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but mm. it got a D. I mean, I gave it half a star, so I gave it like a D minus, like, like, D yeah, like, barely passable. Um, and that's just because I like kids. Because honestly, yeah. it shouldn't, it shouldn't be passable. This should, this should be a dud. I mean, on, if I'm being totally honest. Well, and honest, but in this show, in this show, I feel like this, this, this back, this comparison here. This is the first time I think 1988 won. If you're comparing it to that Powers of Pain match, to this one, they're both kind of short, sweet matches. But I, I think the tag match with Powers of Pain and the Bolsheviks was better, in my opinion. Um, I think you're right. Even even though it was so short, I think you're right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But jumping back over here, we got to see one of our close personal friends uh, in his heyday when he was when he was over. Um, where are we? At? I don't even know where we're at. Oh yes. Oh, Brother God. Love makes his entrance, and I popped super I hard. Love you. Oh yeah, that was a fan. I loved it. Well, you know. Oh, brother love. <laughs> I love you. I mean, oh, he's man. killing it, dude. This was like brother freaking love. This was like yeah, he was full on brother full love. On, mode. He was yeah. not holding back. He, he was comfortable. He love, was yeah. comfortable at brother love at this yeah. point. Out there with the mic, enjoying yeah. it. Jim yeah, Duggan. He's with Jim Duggan. Go. Yeah, you got it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's out Hack, there. He's Jim out there with Duggan. The and they're trying to get the, the Duggan-Bravo feud over, and the crowd seems to be kind of into it, so I guess mm. they're accomplishing their goal, but it really missed the mark for me. Uh, then again, too, like, I dude, I got to say this. As a child, as a, I mean, I was a kid here, and I loved Jim Duggan. I mean, he was just so goofy, and he, like, he literally reminded me of, like, Yogi Bear. You know what I mean? Like, he was just yeah. – you'd, su- you'd be but, surprised. Like, there's people out there that know Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, and Jim Duggan. Like I've met those people out in yeah. the open. Yeah. Like they know no but professional like, wrestlers. They don't even know man, who the, they don't even know who Stone Cold is, but they'll know who Jim Duggan. As is. a grown man going back and watching all this stuff, like I don't think I've seen anything good that Jim Duggan has ever been a part of ever. Um, no. No. It was just it was it was but really bad. Then, in my opinion. But back then we weren't looking at they weren't looking at no. wrestling. No, it wasn't. Was a, he came out with a, a two by four. Was and he said, oh, oh. That was awesome. Yeah, who didn't love did. that? Everybody, Everybody knows. Everybody loved it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, needless to say, the promo was kind of a miss for me. But then uh, you have the honky tonk man make his entrance, and he's out there with his, oh. you know, shake, rattle, and roll. Um, and of course, Warrior hits the ring, uh, and the crowd loses it. I mean, they go crazy, and he hits the ring and freaks out like he's on crank, of course. Uh, and it was pretty much, you know, bing, bang, boom, big splash. Five and star Warrior is, is the new IC champion. Uh, man, and honestly, look, I hate Warrior. I hate Goldberg. I hate those kind of like Ryback. I hate those, you know, just squash matches and it's nothing but power. But there is a place, even though it's not for me, there is a place for that in wrestling. Those quick matches and just all gimmick and all intensity and all power and all hype. Like, I hate the Ultimate Warrior. But you if you're going to have the Ultimate Warrior on a show, this was the way to do it. Let me ask you there, this. Boom, boom, boom. Bam, he's the champ. It, that's great booking for a guy like that. He's all intensity. That's all he is is intensity. He's not skill. He's not even really that entertaining as a promo. He's just visually appealing, and he's energy, like just a ball of energy. Yeah. Like, did you hate him? Did you did you hate him just because of the documentaries and the word that's come out from all the interviews, or did you just not like? Because like as a kid. No, as a kid I, I loved. I'm talking I about. I loved the Ultimate it's Warrior. Same thing, same thing, just like Jim Duggan. I loved Warrior when I was a right. kid. 
But I'm oh, saying like, okay, okay. when you get into when you like really yeah, fall in now, love with wrestling and you understand yeah. it and you get like all the ins and outs of it, then you like yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. I mean you I just learn to like not I mean you do that, notice guys that suck and he yeah. always sucked like that's that's it I mean that's that's all it is so for me. Suck too bad because as a kid everybody liked. I mean he had something, but so, as so a, blending as that, a blending the kid love, blending the kid love and the good booking with the absolute garbage that the physicality of this match was. I gave it two stars, so I gave it a C. Uh, could be a C plus at best. Um, what did you think about Honky Tonk Man versus the Ultimate Warrior here? Yeah, I mean I was chiming in there. Same thing, man. I gave it a C. It was the same thing. It was uh, as a kid. I loved the Ultimate Warrior. He had that gimmick. He had one of the best gimmicks ever. Uh, being a run out there, he had a painted face with all the different colors, his crazy interviews. As a kid, how do you not like him? Everybody liked the Ultimate Warrior. So I gave it a C, just as you did. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, I mean, it was a squash match. What, what else am I going to say? Yeah. Uh, what else am I going to say? But where are we at over in the 93 era? I think we are at uh, the Brett the Hitman Heart time. Is that where we're at? Or did I skip something? Uh, we yeah. should be on match number five. Yeah. It's the Hart brothers kind of giving a babyface promo. Uh, yeah. I think it's Bruce and Owen giving a babyface promo and, you know, just ripping up Jerry Lawler for all the dastardly things he's been saying about their family. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's Bret Hart versus Doink here. Lawler kind of makes his entrance. It's supposed to be Lawler. He's obviously faking an injury. And this is about as, as 90s cheese as it possibly can get. Uh, Doink is clearly the replacement. Um, at, at least that's how I, I read it initially. I was like, maybe he actually was hurt or whatever, or maybe they're just trying to prolong the storyline, or maybe they're just not confident that Jerry Lawler can deliver a great match, and so they just put him no. in there with Doink. That's what I was thinking, or they yeah. were, or they were gonna finish. I didn't realize he was gonna just end up having two matches, but because um, yeah, they I ended mean, up having a they, Brett and Jerry had some good matches after this. They they had one on one matches after this night. So. Yeah, I just hated that. I just hated this whole thing. I really didn't yeah. enjoy this entire sequence with Doink uh, too. I like Doink. I think he's a good wrestler, uh, but I, I just feel like his his style kind of clashed because he's more of like a chaotic kind of wrestler, more of a brawler, and and Brett's obviously more of a you know a technical wrestler. Uh, not that Brett can't brawl because he obviously can, but it was just. Uh, I don't know. I just felt like they were just the chemistry wasn't really there for this whole thing. Uh, then of course it's a DQ when Lawler interferes. Um, so, I mean, what did you think about that whole Doink and Brett exchange, the first half of this yeah. match, or the first match itself? I guess I, I actually made this a, its own match. It's so. all, yeah, so... Two you separate know, I, matches in, in my notes, by the way. Like, between Brett and Doink and Brett and Lawler, they're two separate matches. I kind of got it all, all together, but that's okay. Um, I will say my first thought was, is... Because I know that King and Brett have had had a bunch of matches in in their history um, after this, so I thought maybe King really did get hurt or something. I didn't know, and I wasn't gonna look into it. I was like, ah, oh, let's just watch this play out. Sends out Doink. Um, a little side note: Bill Alfonso from ECW was the referee. I didn't know he worked for the WWF before ECW, which uh, I thought that was really strange. And then I could not keep seeing him throughout the night. It was Bill Alfonso, the famous. ECW guy, he was a referee, kind of a manager, and even had a match uh, with uh, uh, Beulah McGillicuddy, which is famous for all those ECW fans. I yeah. only know that because I, I watch that documentary like once a month because it's great. Um, anyway, it was like I was like Bill Alfonso. I did not know he worked for the WWF. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I did not expect uh, the match to go so long with Doink. Um, I didn't think it was bad, and you know, Doink, th- th- this Doink could could wrestle, but um, you know, then like you were saying, I'll go into it. King ends up hitting Brett with a crutch, and it's a disqualification. At that point, I'm thinking, man, this is terrible. Okay, Jack Tunney comes out. Um, King has to wrestle the match, or I don't even know what happens if he doesn't. Um, so Brett and King is, you know, King's acting like a top five of all time chicken shit heel at this point. I mean, King is really playing up this heel card and doing a great job at it. And I mean, I think people can't agree all around that from Memphis and all, and I know he was top dog over there, but in the W, I mean, just as a kid, I always look at King. He was such a heel, whether it was on commentary or wrestling and he was playing it up so good here. So King comes in and is just selling so good, which just proves how good he was, man. He had no shame in selling. And I I love it. I love that people who don't care and want to sell because that makes you just even better. I mean, he was so good at, at being like that. And then you got Doink um, match and King match. So with all of that, it goes too long with the Doink and the King match. Way too long. Uh, King wins, which is crazy. Uh, how did he win? So there was a there was a sharpshooter, right? Yeah, so it, was a, it, was a D, it was a DQ. King and the sharpshooter. So, yeah, so yeah, Brett, yeah, yeah. Brett gets King and the sharpshooter, sharp, and he submits. And so right. Brett, so Brett wins the match. Wins. And then he just doesn't let go. And so right. the referee reverses okay. his decision and uh, awards the match to Jerry Lawler. And man, yeah, I just, it yeah, that's fine. Long, we, we, it just, we can just plow it, on into the other one. Is. But yeah, I ended up giving the Doink match one star, and then I gave the Jerry Lawler match one star. I just didn't like any of this at all. Uh, yeah. None of it was for me. Um, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It all, like, both were too long, and then the ending was like, I don't know how dumb that. How, how yeah. could you get a dumber ending than that? Right. But Warrior, I feel like in this situation, so the Warrior Honky Tonk situation is definitely much better booked than this was. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's jump back over to the 1988 show, uh, and they've kind of played the opening promo package again here, like after that, after that Warrior match. Maybe it was is just it? to fill time. Yeah, it's the exact same like opening package, like oh, it's I didn't catch same that. exact video. That felt kind of strange to me. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Heenan crashes the commentary booth, which was pretty cool and had like had him out there. Uh, yeah. But it was Don Morocco versus Dino Bravo. And this couldn't be good. Uh, this, as oh, this, this can't be good. And it wasn't uh, it wasn't awful. It was just slow. And both guys are obviously past their prime. Uh, Dino Bravo got the win and I gave the match one star, uh, just like I gave the, the, the doink and Brett matches because it wasn't like, you know. It was just going through the motions is what it felt like. It wasn't – there was no reason to have Dude, these guys yes. at, at this point. Like 100% like, going through the motions. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what – um, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's it. I feel like that's that's kind of where we are. Yeah, um, that's it, man. The one thing I did uh, wasn't even about the match. I went, Dino Bravo, didn't he kill himself? And I Googled him, and actually, no, he was actually shot – he was shot 17 times. He was actually killed, and he was involved – in uh, a cigarette uh, smuggling uh, operation, and uh, some, mob. everything kind of came down on them, and they got him the 17 times with some uh, m- mob. Uh, he crossed the family. Yeah, he probably ratted somebody out. Who knows? But anyway, that was the best thing that came from that match was I learned that about Dino Bravo. Anyway, yeah. moving on. Moving on. Moving on. 
Yeah, moving on to the 1993 show, man, we had... Uh, Nothing better. Not much better. It's Marty Gennari. Gennari. Generic. He's actually generic and uh, Gennari and uh, has a canary. I don't know. Marty Gennetti and Ludwig Vorga. Man, yeah. this uh, this match, I'll take it from here, brother. Yeah, go ahead. This uh, was not good. And no. uh, you got dude not selling. Ludwig just not selling a punch. I didn't like it. Uh, at some points, even the way he looked, like his Ludwig's face, looks like Brock Lesnar. Yeah, um, the only thing I wrote different, that down. <laughs> yeah, is Brock yeah. will actually sell for you. Um, yeah. This is the only thing. This dude didn't sell for anybody. Marty goes with two super kicks, no sells that. Um, he no sells it so much that he gets the win off of two super kicks and um, wins with a torture rack, but he doesn't bounce with him. I don't understand yeah. that. He just kind of holds him there, which didn't look like it hurt. Like, why would that? He's holding yeah. him. Yeah. Hey, let me hold you on my shoulders, buddy. Like, I do that to my daughter, what he was doing, and she laughs. I don't get what that even was. <laughs> yeah. I was supposed to bounce with him, uh, but I don't know if he was told. I don't know what the F he was doing, but I gave that an F. What? I don't. Yeah, I gave it a dud. I gave it a zero bad. as well. I feel yeah. like we're we're just hitting on the same cylinders here, man. So overall, like we're about you know two thirds the way through these shows, and I got I gotta say that like it's pretty close to even keeled, honestly, with how bad. Like we've had some like really decent stuff on each show, but there's been such terrible stuff on each show that they've kind of leveled out. Uh, yeah, man. But let's uh, let's go back ahead and jump over to uh, back to the 1988 show. And um, the next match on the docket is the Hart Foundation uh, versus Demolition for the WWF Tag Team Championships. Uh, right before the match, we kind of had Jesse Ventura cutting a promo on being the special guest referee for the main event, uh, which is going to be super hype uh, with the mega powers and meeting the mega bucks. But yeah, we have the uh, the actual tag team titles up for grabs here. And uh, man, Bret Hart got some really good shine. And you could kind of tell here that like he was getting more of a solo reaction from the crowd than just Anvil was. Not that Anvil wasn't over, because he definitely was, and the crowd was hyped for him. Uh, but Brett was definitely the most over in this tag team, and it was noticeable. Uh, he got some pretty good shine and some solid work in before tagging into Anvil. And uh, I'm much more into this match than any of the other tag team matches on the card thus far. Uh, all of these guys are kind of at their peak as far as their tag teams being over, too. Uh, and nobody sold better than Brett at this point in in the business. Like nobody sold better than Brett. Like he was he was pretty much the best at at just making guys look believable as well as just delivering believable offense as well. Um, doing a killer job of making demolition look good, honestly. Anvil finally got the hot tag in after all the heat being poured on Brett and did a really good job of cleaning house. He had a lot of fire. He was still young and spry. Anvil had that big dive to the outside of the ring, and it looked awesome. Uh, the crowd was super into it. Um, I mean, it was really over. And, they again, they just did a great job. The, the finish was good with, like, very 80s style. But, you know, Demolition got the distraction, and, and they get the win. I gave the match three stars. I gave it a B plus. Uh, what did you think about the Hard Foundation versus Demolition here? Man, I think you uh, were sitting through a lot of bad matches in that 80s show. And so this probably got a better grade than it should have gotten. Um, I'm not too far off of you, but in my opinion, it wasn't that great. Um, it felt pretty slow. Um, I did write the same note. I thought Brett was looking like a perfect top selling, 
like a Sean or a, a, I always forget his name. Whatever dude is from that Mr. tag Perfect. team. Nah, the tag team from Ricky the Ricky Morton. Yeah, Ricky Morton. Thank you so much. Um, he was on that level of selling at this point in his career. Um, but I think this match was too too uh, special, man. I did think Brett and Jim looked really good and everything they were doing. Jim. Um, you know, Jim was even looking, I always liked Jim the Anvil, but he looked, uh, on top shape here. He was, he was looking good. good. Um, but it was, you know, it was, again, it was another tag match that wasn't too different with, uh, Demolition being a classic heel tag, doing the classic heel things with their interfering and the other babyface tag team can't, they can't come into the ring and whenever they can't. They the referees distracted by the baby face trying to come in the ring and save them. Demolitions, you know, doing their thing, and it was, you know, we saw that earlier. And again, I don't know. Then Demolition wins this match. I gave it a C. I don't think it was terrible, but it definitely wasn't, you know, any crazy good tag match. I've definitely seen a lot better tag matches than this one. It was nothing that I'll uh, watch again if I have to. Yeah, I mean, I, I disagree wholeheartedly. I thought this was a fantastic tag match, and I think it would still stand up. I mean, like, just because of the notes that I took and where I took them. And honestly, too, you have to think about the crowd response. Like, yeah. the crowd response was really, really uh, strong here. And there's no doubt in my mind that comparing uh, Ludwig Borga and Marty Jannetty to this match, this match absolutely annihilated oh, God. it. Um, absolutely annihilated it. But, yeah, let's go ahead and jump. Now that we're done with Ludwig Borga, let's jump back over to 1993. And we're going to have, uh, you know, just such an even better match than the one previous to this. It's going to be the Giant Gonzalez versus The Undertaker in a rest in peace match. Uh, yes. Man, it was slow and drudgy and gimmick heavy. Probably one of the most painful things I've had to watch. Uh, you know, we talked about that Ken Patera match being one of the worst things I've ever seen. And then I watched this match. Uh, literally, I watched these shows back to back. Uh, in this order, and this was just as bad as that match. It was no. absolutely terrible. It was awful, dude. It was awful. It was it was just slow and painful. Brawling in the ring was was terrible. The brawling outside of the ring was even worse. Uh, this whole thing went on forever, and Taker went over after a top rope clothesline. Awful. Negative two stars. Terrible. The worst. I don't know what you're saying right now. Okay, take it away. What do you think about the Giant Gonzalez versus a, the Under? Please defend this rest in peace this match. This was a five. No, I'm kidding. This was not a five star match. I do kind of agree with what you're saying. I liked a little bit of the Gaga though, man. I like the story. You know, you got you can't take away from. So you can't say this is as bad as that. That other match was two guys came down, crapped the bed, nothing happened. At least we had the under and his gimmick and all his nuances. And you had the story of the urn and Whippleman's out there. He's taken the urn. Where's Paul Bear? Paul Bear is not out there. Halfway through the match, we hear a dong. And who comes out? A huge pop for one of the greatest. Oh, yes. Paul Bear comes out. He's out there. What does he do? He clotheslines. Harvey Wimpleman, he takes the urn. All this is great stuff, man. You got to love the Gaga. Because of all that, it was not an F. It wasn't a dud. You got to give a little more than that. The match itself, not. technically, 
The match itself technically was terrible, but what are you going to do as The Undertaker or anybody or as Shawn Michaels, the greatest of all time? What are you going to do with the guy who's greener than grass, who doesn't know English, the giant Gonzalo, who's only the, Gonzalez? The only reason he's there is because he's like the biggest dude anybody's ever seen, and he's crazy looking, and he's like an Amazon himself. He's an Amazon. He's crazy looking. He's got the hairy suit that's not real hair. Um, man, what are you going to do as The Undertaker? You can't lift him up. What do you got? A choke slam, maybe, but they're going to save that for WrestleMania. So you can't pick him up for a tombstone. So you take the big man Undertaker who never goes up top unless it's for the old school thing. I know that, but he doesn't do dives off the top rope. Um, even then, he didn't. He does a close on. Yeah, that kind of sucked. But what else are you going to do? How else are you going to beat the big man? Undertaker, it took him forever to take him down. They actually told a little bit of a story in the ring, comparing it to that other match that had no story, which was just two guys out there wasting time, getting their paycheck, going home and going down the road to the next town. This actually had story in and out of the ring, and you got to give it credit for that. There was story with the urn. There was story with Whippleman and uh, uh, Paul Bear. And there was a story with in the ring, he couldn't take down the big man. The big man himself couldn't take down the big man, and he finally does it with an illustrious off-the-top clothesline, which isn't the greatest thing. But then again, what else are you going to do? I gave it a C-. minus. I gave it a pass. It was I watched the whole thing, and I wasn't bored and looking at my phone like I was for uh, some of the other matches of the night. So uh, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. Get off me. Get off me, bro. What's next? Back in 1988, we have Mean Gene <laughs> in the back, uh, and he's uh, back with Honky Tonk Man, and Honky Tonk is, you know, doing his best to get his heat back and cutting a really pissed off promo about how he's going to get his title back from the Warrior. We all know that ain't going to happen. Um, but yeah, moving on to the next match, and it's the Big Boss Man, uh, very, very baby-faced Big Boss Man, and his early gimmick uh, versus Coco Beware, and this very one was pretty big. clunky. Uh, the crowd was super hot for it, though, man. The crowd was really hot for this match. And Bossman did look like a legit monster at this time. And he was super over. Uh, I mean, it was a relatively short match. And I was kind of good with that. I mean, that, that's why I, I mean, I rated it relatively decently. I gave it two stars. I gave it a C minus uh, to a C plus. Somewhere in between there. C to, actually, more like a C. Yeah, more like a C to a C plus. But what did you think about Big Boss Man versus uh, Coco Beware here? Sorry, man. I ate some Schaefer stew that we make, and it's, like, full of beans. And I've had, like, all these kind of, like, awkward burps this whole time. And I've been, like, in and out this entire I've noticed. time. I just, I just noticed right there when you said sorry. And I'm sorry, too. Yeah. I couldn't tell. Uh, you looked at me weird earlier. I'm going to show Daniel. Nobody can see this. I cut my finger somewhere in this recording. Yeah, man. This one has bleeding. just been, like. I've been just, bleeding all over the place. Just bodily and, gases and fluids this whole time. It's like an fluids. it's like our ECW podcast Dude, here. Like I'm, we are literally like I'm fighting blood. through illness and Cass is bleeding there's, to give you this show blood. right now. He's Luckily, the kid's got color over there. Yeah, the we, KG we, one is busted yeah. wide open. The hard way. The hard way. God is my witness. He's been broken in half. Yeah. Luckily, Megan walked by and I said. And I whispered, "Give me a band-aid just now." So now I'm I'm all taped up. I don't I'm I can pay. F I was paying attention, but I was having to get blood off my pants because I dripped all over my pants. 
I was. Well, you know what? I'm not gonna. Yeah, yeah, let's broken, just broken in half was Coco Beware's <laughs> uh, any semblance yeah. of a push here. Do you have any notes on Big Boss Man versus Coco Beware? Yeah. Man, I thought man, Big Boss Man was like this is the biggest he's ever been, at, and it's weird because he was at, at such a young age. It was almost like he was always big, and especially even in the '90s he was big. But this is the biggest he's ever been. He was out of shape, big. He was really big, uh, slick. Um, I liked him. I liked him as a manager. I miss managers in general. He was doing some funny stuff on the outside, just had a comment for every move that was made and why he, you know, taught his guy to do that. It was some great stuff. Um, man, Coco does a missile drop kick off the top, which was crazy. Um, but there was a lot of no selling from the boss man, but this is, uh, I believe this is pretty early boss man. So, you know, they're trying to sell him as a monster. I think this is before he did the uh, tag team, right? The twin Wasn't he Twin yes. Towers? This is before that. So this should be pretty I'm early. I'm not sure with, if it was before that. Yeah, it's still early in his not career. Sure. But, um, yeah. So Bossman wins um, in not too long. So that was great. I gave it just a C all around. I mean, it was Coco was great doing that missile drop kick. Um so see all around. What did, did you already give me your grade? Sorry, I was bandaging myself when you were. Yeah, I gave it two stars. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't Sorry. the worst thing I'd ever seen, uh, but it wasn't you know, it wasn't great either. It was just, but it, I gave it I gave it a decent rating because it was so quick and it was just again I feel like the the wrestling overall wasn't really the best in eighty in eighty eight, uh, no. but I do feel like the booking was pretty much better on this show. Um, but yeah, man, right after that, there was like the Ultimate Warrior just cutting one of his gibberish promos on winning the title, and it made no sense, and it was kind of weird. It was super weird, too, because it's like it's like all the baby faces are back there, like pouring beer on him or whatever, champagne or whatever, and they're all like, yay, oh, whoa, oh, oh, whoa, oh. and then he just goes off into his spiel, and then the camera pans out, and everyone's gone, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's just You like, didn't understand just... that? What he, You didn't get what he was talking about? I got it 100%, man. He was what talking was talk- about some about love. Oh. And uh, relationships. Ah. Yeah, you didn't get that from that man with the uh, spaceship when he talked about the spaceship and the stars. Yeah, uh, man, you uh, gotta watch that again, dog. You missed it, man. You gotta read read between the lines, brother. Yeah, maybe. Read between I mean, the lines, man. I know he wasn't talking but, about the smoking guns and Tatanka versus uh, the head shrinkers and Bam Bam Bigelow. But well, that's what wait, about wait. To I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt you because. Jim Cornette did a crazy good promo that I gave. Yeah, him he did. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I wrote that down too. Yeah. A about, good about promo. About the Yoko angle that was going yeah. on there. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he his pro first. his he literally just kept going, didn't even take a breath. He was talking, talking, and talk like he was going, 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 going. It was one of those classic Jim Cornette promos. I gave that promo an A plus. And then, as you were saying, it is the smoking guns, Billy and Bart Gun. With Tatanka versus Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers, uh, Rikishi Fatu and Samu, I believe. I don't know. Whatever his name is. Whoever the other one is. I don't care. Um, I felt like this was a, kind of a pointless match at this point. Uh, pretty, uh, It was pretty fast-paced. and at fir- So at first I was like – and I actually just watched this today, to be honest, this match. And at first I'm like, man, what is this match – there's no real point. There's not real story behind it. Commentary is not really leading us in with anything. Uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't going into this match thinking it was going to be great. But man, was I pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of fast-paced three-way tag teaming, mm-hmm. which can be kind of a hodgepodge sometimes. Yeah. And not good. I agree. But the chemistry from all six people, 
From Tatanka to Billy to Bart to Bam Bam to the Head Shrinkers, everybody was on point, especially Bam Bam and the Head Shrinkers. They looked really good together. Everything was going. They never turned into one of those six-man hodgepodges. They were really, like, tight. It was almost like they choreographed it, but I know they didn't. I know they were calling it in the ring because at one point, Bam Bam went over to give a tag, and he missed uh, Fatu. And accidentally tagged the other guy, and the other guy came yeah, in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell, he meant to tag Fatu, and the other guy just came in and started wrestling. So I was like, thinking in my head, now this is wrestling. They're just calling in the ring. They're just calling. They had a yeah. beginning. They talked about their spots, but everything in between, they're calling it. And the good thing about that is, is my biggest criticism for the new stuff in NXT, I always talk about feeding. It looks like they're feeding it. And what I mean by that is because they've choreographed a lot of it. So right. when he's throwing that punch, the other one's kind of already doing what his reaction should be, whether it be a reversal or whatever. But when they're calling in the ring, they can't really do that. They kind of just got to react uh, organically. And you saw that there. But the impressive thing was is that there's six different men in a, a three-on-three tag match, and they, they killed it. I thought they did great. And like I said, my first note is uh, this is pointless. Like, I was not looking forward to having to sit through this match. Like, man, I got to take notes on this. Like, come on, man. And then I loved it. I really loved the whole thing. Uh, Tatanka had his undefeated streak going. I'll wrap it up. Tatanka had his undefeated streak going, um, and he gets the win, which is great to for their – you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, it might have been pointless, but it was a fast pace and got the crowd going, got the crowd yeah. back into the show. The crowd might no, have been taken out, got them back into it. I gave it a B plus, which if you would have told me beforehand, what do you think you're going to grade the smoking guns into Tonka versus Bam Bam Bigelow and the Head Shrinkers? I wouldn't have ever thought it was going to be a B plus ever would have thought that. Yeah. How did you like that match? Man, I was about in the same boat, honestly. Uh, it, you're you're totally right. I wrote the first thing that I wrote down was that this this match like really picked up the pace. Um, and the Head Shrinkers were an underrated tag team. I wrote that down. And honestly, so were the Smoking Guns. Uh, they just had didn't have a very long run, but uh, they were a pretty good tag team. Like, uh, I mean, both teams worked really well. They had some solid like tag spots. Uh, it did get a little squirrely there towards the end. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed the match as well. I ended up giving it uh, like a, a C plus to a B minus, uh, yeah. but but because it, it wasn't you know and there was still some missteps in there, uh, a few a few off time um, kind of vibes there. But yeah, man, let's jump back over to the 1988 show uh, and 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 head into the uh, the second to last match here, and it's Hercules versus Jake the Snake. Man, I'm gonna go ahead and take this one away. Cool. Um, this is Jake the Snake in his. In his absolute prime. I mean, he he looked good. He looked, uh, right. you know, like in his right mind. He everything looked smooth, um, and I, I I loved it, man. Like he held on tight to the head. Like all, all the actual wrestling was cool. He like got him in a headlock and just worked the headlock. Like made it an mm-hmm. actual thing. He sold it so well. All the stereotypical spots where you get out of that headlock, he held on and he rolled through and he took a suplex. He, it was it was very cool. Isn't that uh, the like, best? Yeah, it, it kept me it kept me entertained too. And that's the yeah. thing. Like, I mean, only guys like Jake the Snake Roberts can really keep you entertained with that with a headlock that that lasts for minutes, literally minutes. Like, that's yeah, that, that's that's impressive, man. And 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 honestly, Hercules sold way better than I ever like. He he really impressed me in this match. Uh, I thought it was fantastic selling from both sides. Um, it was a slow build up from Jake out of the sleeper spot too. 
It wasn't like they did the three arm drop thing. And on the, you know, mm-hmm. after he got up, it was just like, he got super hyped. Like, you know, like, no, he was like, no. And then he slowly, like he, he, he made you feel like it was real. The psychology was so good. Like he was like, I'm, I'm slowly going to get there. I'm slowly going to get up to my knees yeah. and then I'm going to get up and then I'm going to throw, you know, like throw the elbow and try, you know, it was just the fact that it didn't just pop right up. Like I really took notice of that. And honestly, this might be the best Hercules match of all time. Like, I'd agree you know what I'm that. saying? Like, I, this, this has to be yeah. the best match I've ever seen him work. Um, he was so over, and man, like, everybody wanted to see the DDT finish, and they teased it a couple times. Uh, and then Jake finally hits it out of nowhere, and that's the finish. I loved this match. Surprisingly, yeah. this was, like, the sleeper hit of the match. Like, if you get a chance, I'm going to tell you, like, I enjoyed the match enough to tell you this. If you get a chance and you just need to go watch a match on the WWE Network just because you have 15, 20 minutes to blow, go watch Hercules versus Jake the Snake Roberts from 1988 SummerSlam. I gave this match three and a half stars, B plus to an A minus. What did you think about Hercules versus Jake the Snake here, man? Yeah, so you know what? I'm going to be honest. Not to say that me and you are geniuses and and wrestling and but we got to be right because we both have the exact same notes and we got the same grade. I gave it an A. Um, kind of like wow. my, my A before. An A, my grading, an A doesn't mean five stars. An A doesn't mean the greatest thing. If I say an A++, that's like Sean Bret Hart, WrestleMania yeah, or something yeah, yeah. like that. But uh, I'll give an A because it's like school. You know, this is an A. This was the this was great. This was fantastic. And uh, I can't believe that, that it's a Hercules match because I've seen, uh, there's Hercules at WrestleMania, man, at, at Trump Plaza. It's terrible. He's just, he's not good. And he was really good here because he had really Jake good, the Snake. Yeah, and Jake like, the Snake, is... yeah, this is classic Jake. And, you know, everybody always says his psychology is great. Man, right away, he goes for a DDT. And Hercules like sells it and jumps out of the ring. You know, he doesn't yeah. take it, but he jumps yeah. out and you can see how scared he is from that DDT and in Hercules's reaction, Jake's reaction, the crowd goes banana on this one, man. They, yeah, that DDT is was... over. You cannot, you cannot say enough. Like there's, I don't think there's ever been, I can't, I mean, it's almost, it's like the original RKO. He hits it out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like, but it's better than Hogan's leg drop. It's better than Sean Sweet Chim music. It's better than everything. It really is, man. It's it's the DDT. And yeah, they do it today all the time. But back then, this was like, there was never, like people were over for Hogan. People didn't care about the leg drop. Hogan could have peed on him and they would have reacted. I would have really liked him peeing. I, honestly, if he would have peed on him, that would have been. We fantastic. know how you feel about peeing on I mean, show. if he would have peed on him, I would have, I mean. That would be, you, you could have called it like the R. Kelly or something. I don't know. Oh, R. Oh, Kelly God. wasn't around back then. I don't know. But yeah. the DDT, what are we talking? No. So the yeah. DDT, man, there was nothing like it. There was, it was so, it was 100% over. There's never been a finishing move as 100% over as the DDT. It was so fantastic. Uh, What's better than the, the, well, what? I'm sure, oh, the stunner? Of course, the stunner, yeah, man. Stunner. Of course, yeah. the stunner. Like, the stunner, but it's a different move. Like I, you're right, but the no, stunner, it's the stunner, dude. It's the stunner. Yeah, the stunner is the most over finish in all of professional wrestling. All of professional wrestling. I don't think he would. I'll call. Uh, I'll call. Uh, him I'll ask. You're breaking up. I can't. I can't hear you. Honestly, like my goals. Are-
one of my goals in life is to hang hang one time or something. Drink some beer. What? What's happening? Are you having I a stutter hear, step over there? I didn't hear a word you said. I said one of my goals in life is actually to spend like a day with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, okay. it's literally a bucket list thing for me. Like, oh, yeah. just give me like two or three hours and like a six pack, and just let me pick his brain and just talk to him about yeah, life. Damn. It's not even that like he's one of my favorite wrestlers because honestly he's not. I just feel like he's just such a staple as a name, and his personality is so like appealing. Like, I actually like his podcast and his actual personality more yeah. than I actually liked this. Sto- I mean, don't get me wrong. Everybody loves Stone Cold. Like in the Attitude Era, I love everybody. Lo- I love Stone Cold. Everybody did. I'm not saying I didn't love it, but I like his actual personality. This, the Steve Austin show podcast personality, the person way more than I liked the gimmick guy. Um, so I'd, I would love to hang out with him, but yeah, he's me not too. even on this me damn too. show. And we're just, we're talking about, we're talking about him because, because Lord we're comparing, but back to that DDT man, it's up there as one of the best man. Yeah, the crowd absolutely. wanted, the crowd wanted that DDT so bad, and yeah. I enjoyed this match. Everything was good because of Jake, honestly, because of Jake. But Hercules, I'll give him his credit. Like you said, he did some selling that was great. Now I'm sounding like you. I got some indigestion here. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but man, Jake, Jake wins oh, with yeah. the. Oh yeah. Jake wins with the DDT clean, which I like. I gave the match an A, man. It was yeah, uh. One of the best matches from either card, I will say that. Which Great is, psychology, no yeah. wasted motion at all. Jake oh, the Snake yeah. is the king of that. Great selling. Yeah, I think we're. I mean, I gave it a B minus to an A. Cass gave it an A. Man, that's a uh, yeah. If you get a chance, if you watch one match this week, and we will definitely, definitely uh, put maybe a clip of this on our Instagram as well. Go watch this match. Oh, yeah. uh, it was really good. Hercules versus Jake the Snake Roberts from SummerSlam 1988. So, Cass, man, we are now down to the the kayfabe comparison moment. It's There are two there main events left on this show. How are you leaning one way or the other between 1988 and 1993 to wrap up the kayfabe comparison SummerSlam season? Man, I'm almost right there in the middle because we've had a, we've had this yeah, you man. know this match yeah. here. I yeah. uh, I don't think I'm gonna be able to let's struggle. Yeah, what do you think? I think I might have to. We might have to go over the main events, and I might have to get back to you. I don't. I don't let's know. Let's go over the main events, right? So, um, all right. So pick a number one through ten. Pick a number one through ten. Four. Okay, the number I was thinking of was three. There's, I mean, it's close enough. Which <laughs> which main event do you want to uh, do? You want to cover first? Ninety three or eighty eight? Uh, let's um. So uh, ninety three. Let's go with 93. I think that's I think that's a good call. That's, I think a, that's good. a good call. All right, so uh, 1993, the main event here. Uh, Joe Fowler is kind of backstage before the main event here, and he's of all the things that he could be interviewing, he's interviewing the Lex Express bus driver. And I will say, I love Joe Fowler on this show, but this was hands down the worst segment he was involved in. Uh, he tried to save it. He did his damnedest to make that yeah, thing work. It did not, not his work. fault. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So then we have the na- the Japanese national anthem being sung, and I can't help but feel a little bit awkward with all like the uh, obvious nationalism that's like weaved into these storylines. It certainly doesn't really age very well. Uh, but it was good to see Macho here though too, like have him come out with Aaron Neville, and Aaron Neville proceeds to sing the most timid, like soft lullaby version of the national anthem I've ever heard. Uh, he has, I hated it. He had terrible tattoos too, like a smiley Ta- face on his wrist. It was really embarrassing. 
Uh, just all around pretty bad. So I was not hyped for this either because we all know how I feel about the big Hawaiian. I am not a huge fan of Yoko, and I'm an even oh, lesser yeah. fan of Lex Luger here. But I'm going to go ahead and give you the benefit of the doubt. I know this is your favorite time in wrestling. What did you think about Yokozuna versus Lex Luger? I love the terrible singing of the national anthem. I love that they picked a guy who just couldn't sing. And then Bobby the Brain after afterwards, like everybody's thinking, oh my God, that was terrible. And Bobby goes, that was a catchy tune. I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then after and then after dude sings the national anthem, Bobby Heenan goes, Man, I think I'd rather the Japanese now. <laughs> like Bobby was got had me rolling right there, man. Oh, it Bobby's was, good stuff, man. It was so good, man. Good and stuff. how he said it was like he was really thinking about it. Like, you know what? I think I, I think I'd rather I think I'd rather the Japanese. Um, Randy Savage comes out like you said as the master of ceremony, which was cheesy. Um, I never thought Lex was great. <clears throat> he always seemed a little bit green. To me, wow, it's um, his favorite even word. Like, even Take like a shot, guys. Even yeah, like said 20 green. Take years a shot. into it, even 20 years into it, the guy looked green. Obviously, he hasn't been in there 20 years at this point, but he never seemed like he was uh, picked up the business, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, unlike Daniel, I'm a big Yoko fan. He's uh, one of my favorites, on, mainly because that's. He was there from the time I started. So guys like Yoko, Goldust, Taker, Sean, those are my guys. Owen Hart, Bret Hart, those – well, not Bret, Owen Hart. Um, those guys I keep close to my heart. Um, Bret. Um, oh, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Write it down, boys and girls. We got one in. Take another scoop here. There you go. Um but uh, I thought Yoko was very impressive, man. He, you know, he jumps up and does some leg drops, and he could do an elbow drop. A guy at that size, honestly, it, it's it's impressive. I don't care what you say. I loved Yokozuna. I thought he was I thought he was fantastic, and he was fantastic here. And he was at a big size here. Yoko was at a a very big size. Um, you got some good classic Vince McMahon calls in this match, which are always fun. Where he did it, he did it, he got him. We got a new champion. We got it. Oh no, oh no, we don't have one. He's going up. He's going up. Oh, there he is. Oh no, no, no. We got a new. He at this point he literally said there was a pin, and he said like five times after the men have already like both standed and started wrestling where clearly the match isn't over. He's repeating. We got a new champion. We got a new. Oh no. Oh, no. It's like Vince, they're wrestling. We don't have a new champion, buddy. Um, so anyway, man, this calm down, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you put Lex and Yokozuna this long? How long this match was? They went about 30 minutes long. Lex Luger, which at this point they know your boy can't wrestle 10 minutes. Why so did let's you put him this show, man. 30. Why did you you talked me into choosing this show? This was a good show. This I like the Undertaker's. So you didn't like a lot of this stuff that I liked. I don't. I 88. Saboteur. No, this is a good show, and but this match and this is a good match to to critique and. But the point the point is is why knowing they know Lex at this point he can't go th- why would he can't go five minutes they're gonna put him in a thirty minute man event match with Yokozuna who also they're literally giving it to Yoko to carry this match 
which Yoko can carry a match, and he's had some great A-plus matches with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, but you're not going to have that with Lex Luger, and I can't believe they expect that from Yokozuna here. It just, it, it, was, a, it was doomed to fail. And then Lex wins by a countout. Balloons fall. He's up there celebrating. And then I hate, I hate this time of wrestling and in the 80s that all of a sudden nobody knows their own sport. Nobody knows their own profession. Every, nobody reali- Everybody at home knows that you can't win the title on a disqualification or a countout. But even the announcers are confused. What is this? What does this mean? Is he the champ? Is he the champ? He's not the champion? Oh, Lex. And like the wrestler's like, oh, he didn't do it here. But a lot of times the wrestler like thinks they won and they'll go grab the title. And then the referee yeah, grabs it out of their terrible. hand. It's like, guys, how it's do you not? This is your, it's very, this, it's like, yeah, very this is your profession. School. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is your profession. Don't yeah. you know? Like, yeah. you should know the rules of your sport. Like, yeah. what are you doing? I hate that. And you got a little bit of that there. And I, I thought they were really going to go that way because there was balloons and confetti. But instead, people come out and hold him up, and he's waving the flag because he won by a count out. It was like, man, how how cheesy can you get, dude? I gave it a C-, minus, if that. I don't know. Maybe more to a D. It was a bad main event. What did you think? of uh, Lex Luger uh, versus one of the greatest of all time, one of the greatest big men of all time from a legendary family. He is one of the greatest, Yoko Zuna. What did you think? Yeah, so uh, once I realized <laughs> what the main event for this show was, I was pretty much dreading getting to oh. this point the entire time. Uh, nothing on this show had gotten more than three stars from me, uh, and this one certainly did not do anything to change that. Uh, both guys are just so, so, so slow. So slow. Painfully, this ma- this grudgingly slow. This pay was better than any ECW show that w- than we've covered. That is 100% before. false. 100% false. Um, Way better than uh, any ECW Absolutely show. not. Absolutely That's not. Right. Like, literally, no. No. At, like, yes, this is one of the worst shows we've ever covered. My overall grade for this, this show was one star. One star. Like total, this whole show sucked, man. Like there were, there were like there were a couple decent matches with decent wrestlers, but like just we just gave click, smoking guys, guns match and that and them a, a a great grade. You're okay. I gave it two go and on. a half stars. They got it. Go on. You want to prove oh, your point? Go on. Go on. Go on. I'm Keep saying it. overall, this 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 show was not great, and this this right. main event was even worse than the rest of the show. We just watched the show where Just Incredible was in the main event. And you're trying to say that Yokozuna isn't great? No, Just Incredible was in the opening match with Jerry Lynn. No, they all blend. They blend. They were all the same match. So I can't remember what was the main event, which wasn't. Mm-hmm. I'm sure so there is an ECW pay per view. Okay. Okay. There is an ECW. Okay. 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 All right. So would you rather see a uh, a uh, trap hold, a trap pinch? You'd rather see uh, Yoko just like grabbing that dad hold when you're like misbehaving in Walmart and he like grabs you by the shoulder because he doesn't he can't beat you in front of people so he's like he's like I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna grab you on that trap and just squeeze it and hey, I'm gonna man, breathe real heavy because you hate one of the greatest I, it's I don't, I awful can't, it was it can't. just looked so phony man I, all right let's yeah I'll just nip this whole thing in the bud we've got another another main event to talk about and this dude this match sucked like there was no way around it it wasn't good I gave it a fat old goose egg it just wasn't good. Luger wasn't believable either. Like, the crowd wasn't really sold on him as a babyface. I will give you this. Yoko was more over here, for sure. Definitely more over here. I was 
I was happy not remembering that I didn't know who was going to win. And I was happy that Yoko won. I, I, I was I was happy. That made me happy. Well, Lex uh, has never been a WWF champion. Yeah, I, I didn't really remember that. But, you know, that's what makes doing parts of these shows nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, this show, like, to me, the 93, like, and then there was, like, this terrible pop, 90s pop rock music video. Yeah. Like, what that was, was bad. that? What that was, was that? weird. What was, what is what? How, dude? This show was so bad. It was no. so bad. This 1993 show was terrible for me. Yeah, I gave that match a goose egg. We have one more main event to cover, and I feel like we've, dude. Okay, okay. I want I want you to get this one. Okay, Cass. You... okay, okay, Cass. Okay, okay. Cass. Is that an impression of me? No, no, that's oh, me. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I don't. Okay, yeah, so switching back over to the 1988 main event here. A big package covering, like, the entire storyline about, you know, the Mega Powers and the Mega Bucks. Something that they should have definitely done in the 93 show. Uh, because it was really well done. Obviously, the production was fantastic here at this point. The WWF oh, yeah. is just killing it, rock and wrestling. And, uh, yeah, so it's the Mega Bucks. It's Andre and DiBiase versus the Mega Powers, Hogan and Savage, with Jesse the Body Ventura as the special guest, special guest referee. It is just star-studded. Literally every single person in the ring is a Hall of Famer at this point. Um, that's that's amazing. Uh, and Yeah, dude, Macho and Andre start off, and Andre has pep in his step still. Like, he honestly looked... He looked better here because it was a tag than he did in, like, the WrestleMania 3. Like, he was more fluid. He had some decent movement. Like, I was really impressed with Andre here. Like, really impressed. Um, uh, the, the match was pretty much faces getting the shine uh, in the open on DiBiase. And then Andre kind of gets back in and pours the heat on, uh, which was really smart because he could slow it down. And he, he didn't look winded. Uh, of course, he wasn't taking any big bumps, but he didn't have to. He was Andre the Giant. The crowd was obviously super hyped for it. Um, and again, was this one a wrestling clinic? No, it wasn't. But everyone in this match was so over, and every part was perfectly played. Every every hit, every throw to the turnbuckle was sold the right amount. Not too slow, not too fast. Let the crowd breathe it in. And right when they start settling from the pop, then you start picking up the pace. These guys were kings. They're main event players, man. Like, I mean, you can't. I mean, you say what you want to say about guys like Roman Reigns or guys like Hulk Hogan or guys like John Cena. But, like, if you're a real, real wrestling fan and you're not just into high spots and, like, whatever, like, these guys were phenomenal workers. Just because they don't work at a breakneck speed doesn't mean they weren't phenomenal workers. Did Hogan lean on his gimmick more than anyone else that I just mentioned? Yes. But when it came time to actually do a a, a quote-unquote high spot for a big guy in the 80s, he delivered every time. It was the same every time, and I understand that critique as well. But, dude, this match was just so good. And Elizabeth getting up and stripping off her little miniskirt and showing her bloomers, like her little cheerleader like bottoms. Like, it was – I loved it. The distraction was enough for for all of America. Uh, all of America was distracted by that at that point. I mean, I know I was. And the Mega Powers got the win. And I absolutely loved this match, man. I gave it four stars. I gave it a B-plus to an A to an – a minus to an A, somewhere around in there. Man, it was just phenomenal. And then the post match too, with the subtle look that Savage gave Hogan when they were when Liz was was hugging. Like the commentary didn't touch on it, but they the, and the camera angle lingered on it just enough for the people at home to notice it. And then they switched off and they didn't talk about it. Perfect booking, super subtle. The the one of the best main events we've covered, honestly, as far as gimmick style main event WWF wrestling. 
this I don't think it gets better than the Mega Powers versus the Mega Bucks. I thought it was great. Four stars for me. What did you think about this main event, man? Yeah, fantastic. I touched on this at the beginning when I first started talking about the show where we're going to get into some important storyline stuff for, you know, legendary storylines and legendary main events. And this is it right here. This is the beginning. This is, you know, uh, maybe not the very beginning of it, but this is some other seeds that are getting planted. Like you said, that look at the end and the whole thing with Hogan and Elizabeth. Elizabeth, um, fantastic. The match, I love being able to talk about our uh, Andre match. We don't talk enough about Andre um, you know, I feel like we've, if we've done Andre, it's only been like one other time maybe. So it's very, uh, fun to get to watch an Andre yeah. match. Um, it's always good to touch on Andre. Um, I love all always good stuff. to touch on Andre. I'll touch on him all day, man. Um, ooh, 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 man, um, Hogan and macho man, it's magic. It, it's just magic. It's something oh, about God. the magic. Yeah. Of of Hogan, it's something about the magic of Hogan at this time. You see yeah. Hogan, and there's just something about it. Um, and then, like you said, you know, Liz takes off the bottoms, and you see it. Um, fantastic, because I've always been in love with her. Even if that was just a little peak, at least we got something. Ah, oh, beautiful! Um, it's just great man. teasing. Oh, Good yeah. job, Bruce. This is back when you were smart, when you still had, when you didn't need blue chew. Oh God. Well, I need. Blue chew right here, but um, Mega Powers win. Um, I gave it a B, B plus. I thought it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Definitely beats the uh, 93 show. Well, we paper. definitely uh, know main Cass event. Needs main some event. Damn blue chew after su- suggesting this 1993 show. You're and crazy. I feel like Mr. 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 Know It All. Mr. Know It All has. I have to. T- I think at yeah. this point. I think at this point. I have to tell you that it's clear that I'm I am the superior mind here. No, it's obvious that I have chosen the better show. That's it. Yeah, you're Mr. Know-it-all. You can only you can only do the you are the only one who knows how to pick a show. I can't pick a show. I picked 93. It was better. It's better than all the ECW better? crap. Okay. So you are ECW right, so... crap that you pick. I don't want oh, any of the okay. ECW or what are you going to pick next? Uh Amer- what do they call it? Great American ba- or uh Bash at the Beach. Let's do Bash at the Beach next. Is that what's coming up? Hey, maybe, crap maybe it'd be better than some like terrible repo man match that you would suggest and try to oh explain to me why it was good because the crowd oh was over God. or some Tatanka thing that was like, oh, well, he does, so, he does, he does the Hulkamania version of like, but it's just, it's, but it's, it was it's, good. Talk, it was not good. It was terrible. So you think then you think Dino Bravo show and uh, who, who else? Don Morocco. Is he on this show? What what else? What, what were some of those other terrible matches? Bad News Brown and and Ken Patera, uh, the Rujo brothers, Bulldog. Don't forget about the whole beginning of the show, uh, the the Powers of Pain and the Bolsheviks. You don't remember about uh, Ravishing Rick and Junkyard Dog? These weren't stealing the show, my brother. Boss no, Man and Coco B. Uh, the heart found it. Some of them weren't bad. Some of those were terrible. I will agree. I'm not saying that it was an immaculate show, but I'm have, saying that over, okay, overall. Ted DiBiase, Razor Ramon. Oh, I'm going to uh, make you say it. I'm going to make you say it, Cass. I'm going to make you say it. Who? Rich, all right. Tom we're Rich, done. Jimmy Del Rey, Steiners. We got Shawn Michaels and Mr. Perfect. We got one, two, three, kid. All right. I'm not done. Bret Hart, Jerry the King. And don't forget, we got the legendary Doink the Clown. Okay, I'm going to skip over Marty and Ludwig. Uh, Undertaker <laughs> and the Giant Gonzalez. Come oh, on, yeah, you man. said that so proud. Undertaker and the Giant Gonzalez? 93. Can, can you tell me? So you think 88. Oh, what a maneuver. 
You think 88 was better? By a mile. By a solid How? star and Tell a half. Tell me by a mile. Dude, they had the, the last two matches were good. Other than that, they weren't good. Go back over the whole paper. We got to put a I poll. Did. I, I did this. Poll. I actually made my averages before. Like, I, I do all my notes, and I make the average mathematically. You know, I, I tally up all the stars, and then I divide them by the amount of matches that I have in overall. There is a science to it. It's a, you're it's Mr. Know-it-all, and you have science. That's right. It's I do have a science. It's know-it-all. And you want to know, know what we do have next? You want to know what we finally do have on the docket? What? This is, you know what? This this show wraps up our SummerSlam season, and we're back to doing current product. And thank God. I am hyped, man. I'm a little tired of doing these nostalgia shows. I've only been two weeks. I've had a great time. But I got to tell you, man, we, we've all been the moment we've all been waiting for. Bring it in close, boys and girls. Bring it in close. Get it tight. The moment we've all been waiting for. AEW's All Out is next week, baby! And the KG cast and myself will be at Cass's Castle just watching All Out and doing some live streaming. I promise you, please follow us on Instagram. We're going to be streaming live there. We're going to be streaming on our Instagram account, K-A-Y-F-A-B-E-C-O-M, K-Fabe-Com. Give us a follow. We're going to be streaming our live reactions to Hangman Page versus Chris Jericho for the first ever AEW World Champion. And that Thursday, you know, that same, actually, well, that Saturday, that same day, we have the NXT UK's TakeOver and Cardiff. That one's going to be a banger as well. And so we're going to be bringing you the Thursday episode will be a full-on breakdown of All Out. And NXT UK TakeOver. I am so hyped for next the show, seeds, The seeds of the Wednesday Night War are Ooh, starting baby. this Ooh, weekend. Baby. Do people, you know everybody's excited about that Wednesday Night War. It starts this weekend. It hey, doesn't yeah, start it does. in October. It yeah, starts right. now. Absolutely right. Hey, and you know what, too? What, the reason why it's important for you guys to tune into the live stream is we're gonna during that live stream, we're going to be talking about how our format might be changing up a little bit once the Wednesday Night War is... Uh, uh, come on. I, I've been thinking about maybe starting a Patreon account for some of our more dedicated followers. Uh, 99 cents a month. Uh, it would be a dollar a month, and you would get all of our up-to-date reactions. Uh, Cass and I both would post uh, after watching either the AEW show on Wednesdays or the NXT uh, show on Wednesdays. We've got some ideas, but in order to hear those ideas, you got to tune in and watch us live on Saturday. Just pull up your Instagram when you're watching the match and listen to us too, man. Like Get our reactions with it. We want you guys to be there, interact with us, tell us what you're feeling about the match as it's happening. Be a part of the show. Uh, we've got some cool ideas moving forward. We're really happy with all these new downloads we're getting. Thank you guys so much for joining the KFib Comparisons train. Uh, let's just run down the rest of what we got on the schedule, though, Cass. Are you good with that? Yeah, buddy. Let's go. All right, let's do it, man. Yeah, thank you, guys. Today is August the 29th. We wrapped up our SummerSlam season. Like I just covered, uh, September the 5th next week, we're going to be covering NXT UK TakeOver versus AEW's All Out. And then on September 12th, we are bringing you the next installment of the Pop Culture phase our once a month episode that we're doing on pop culture and we're going to be getting into two epic trilogies epic movie series we're going to be covering a new hope star wars the very first ever released star wars film against back to the future the original uh that's going to be a really and we're going to continue out through that whole the trilogy for the next uh the next month next few months going out once a month doing a, a pop culture episode. I'm super hype about doing Star Wars vs. Back to the Future, oh. man. I can't I can't even put it into words. Like that one's gonna yeah. be so much fun. Um such a nerd for both of those franchises. Um into September 19th is the following week. 
Uh, and that's when we're going to have another full-on WWE pay-per-view. We'll be covering uh, Clash of the Champions. And then we're actually going to throw it back to 1994, 25 years ago, to 25 years ago, Clash of the Champions. Clash of the Champions 28 from 1994 at WCW pay-per-view. So that will a uh, TV special. Um, that Clash of the Champions were TV specials, not pay-per-views back in the day. But that'll be a fun comparison. And then rounding out September uh, will be WWE Hell in a Cell 2009 versus WCW's Future Shock 1989. So that'll be uh, one of the the next time you'll get to hear another nostalgia episode is a month from now. Um, so thank you guys for getting you know back to back nostalgia episodes knocked out. The response has been great. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this one. Really pumped to see where AEW goes with their show. To see if you know we all know now that CM Punk is going to be at Starcast, uh, that convention center, the night before. It's very possible that he might maybe present the title. I don't think he's going to wrestle, but there's a lot to talk about there. Having that oh, yeah. guy back in the wrestling world. I'm just super pumped, man. What do you think about this next lineup of, of shows and moving on into September, what our uh, horizon is looking like, man? Man, like I said, everybody excited for the Wednesday Night Wars that, gonna start in, that is going to start in October. That all starts in just a couple days this weekend yeah, because yeah. we have NXT versus AEW, yeah. and now NXT knows they're versus AEW. They yeah. might have not known they were going against AEW before. We all kind of saw the comparisons, and we even talked about it on this show after the first AEW. We we both even said, man, it doesn't seem like they're com- – this doesn't really compare with Monday Night Raw because of the talent that they have, but this is more – this is more NXT. It makes sense. Yeah, we and said this it makes the And we've it'll be said cool it from the beginning. We've never covered NXT UK UK show. You know what I mean? Like right. they, they have their own brand, and I feel like they're gonna have to. Inco- I mean, from from all the reports that I'm hearing, it seems like 205 Live, NXT, mm-hmm. and NXT UK are all gonna become one brand for that two-hour show. I, I agree. I think it should. I think there's a really cool way to pull that off. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm really excited for the future. That's gonna wrap it up for us, though. In my opinion. 1988 won this one in Castle. We got a split decision. It's 93, 93 here. You know, you know where the power lies, brother. You know where the hey. power lies, and yes. it lies with the mega powers. That's gonna take us out. Follow us on all of our socials and give us a subscribe, brother. We're out. Yeah. What you gonna do? Oh yeah. Runs wild on you. Dig it. <laughs> dig it. Dig it. <laughs>